ER doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems on this Saturday. And uh, we are back in the studio, safely back in the studio, where nothing bad can happen, hopefully. Uh, Well, last week was interesting. There was a lot of things that happened that you probably don't know about, but part of it was that... um, I set everything all up at Gillette to do the remote, tested it all out the night before. Everything was fine. And then I uh, got there got there early, had a little trouble getting in, passed security, always do. Got in there and finally no problem, set everything all up and um, didn't have a Wi-Fi signal. They had shut the Wi-Fi off for some reason. Got in the elevator to go see if I could find out where the big master switch was and got locked in the elevator. So I was locked in the elevator and didn't get anywhere that way. So it was, uh, fi- fi- finally I had to, uh, finally I had to like go, uh, huh, call for help, get out of the elevator. And the first 45 minutes of the program was actually done over a smartphone app on my cell phone with a little tiny microphone, which I have to admit actually sounded, sounded pretty good, but it was still a bit of a, Still a bit of a surprise that I had to go through all that, but it was uh, it was an interesting time. Remotes are first time I've ever been locked in an elevator, so that made it a little bit interesting. Well, we hear a lot about zero emissions and electric vehicles, and probably one of the most popular electric vehicles is uh, certainly the Tesla. Um, somebody I know has one; they like it. Our caller from Germany last week was saying that he just he uh, took a cab back to the airport. Tesla said when he was at the airport, Teslas. Well, with us on the phone is Gianni Kovacevic, and he has, besides writing a book, and we'll get to his book in a bit, uh, he's kicking off the East Coast leg of his realistic environmentalist uh, Tesla tour. Gianni, good morning and welcome to Boston. Good morning to you. Nice to be here. And uh, are you actually here? Are you in Boston today? I am. I was at Harvard yesterday. I was at MIT yesterday. I'll be back up in the Harvard area uh, later on for lunch. And I'm here till Tuesday. Oh, okay. And uh, so tell us, what was what was the intent of this tour? What was, what was the point behind it? Well, I, I like to tell people that the future is now, and it definitively works. I drove my Tesla from Toronto to Boston in one day, and I was not inconvenienced at all. The st- all the stops I made would have been stops I would have to make anyways to eat, um, you know, restroom breaks, uh, with one caveat. The, I took three stops for three charges. On one of the stops, I could have been for 10 minutes, was just a restroom break. I had to wait 25 minutes to, to get the car topped up enough to get me over to, um, to Worcester. Mm-hmm. So it... Basically, these chargers are all over the nation, and I ask people, how, how much range do you think this car gets? Just randomly, well, mm-hmm. the car's decorated, so I ask them on the street, and I get answers all over the board, usually wrong. And then I ask, how long does it take to charge the vehicle? And I get crazy answers, 10 hours, 20 hours, overnight. You know, it takes 30 minutes mm. with, the, with the Tesla supercharger network. It's fantastic. 
it, it totally works. And it, you know what? It feels good not having to tank this thing up every, you know, mm. every three or 300 or 400 miles. And sometimes people will say to me, uh, and I'm an internal combustion guy, I'll admit it, but sometimes people say to me, well, you know, who wants the hassle of having to charge something up every day? And I'm like, well, how often do you charge up your phone? You know, people plug in their phone yeah. every night. It just becomes routine. You typically do it when you're sleeping. If you live in an apartment building, which is what I do in Vancouver, I don't have a charger by my parking stall. So I get it topped up with a destination charger, which mm -hmm. charges at, that, at about 40 kilometers an hour. So it's at 27, 28 mm -hmm. miles per hour. I leave it with my valet, guys. The car's done in five hours. But don't forget, I'm in the city. Right. I mean, that, that range of, of 250 miles lasts me, you know, 10 days. You know, I'm not driving it uh, too aggressively. So it becomes lifestyle wherever you go. And people are going to notice in the coming, you know, in the coming years that these things are everywhere. When you go to the movie theater, when you go to the, the, to the gym and to buy groceries, you're just going to park, plug it in, and you're getting range while you're doing a useful task. Range is really not an issue anymore. Yeah, and, and the, um, the level three superchargers, are they unique to Tesla or can other um, electric cars that use the same level three charger charge at a Tesla station? Uh, at this, I mean, they're talking the superchargers. At this point, I believe they're they're, they're Tesla specific, but it can be um, adopted. Any vehicle, I, I believe, could use this. It just has to have the right to accept the right voltage yep. uh, and amperage, and yep. it has to be able to you know have the adapter. Yep. So uh, yep. I can see that happening in the future, where let's say Volkswagen in Europe accelerates their program and they make a cooperation that. You know, I could see that happening right. in the future. Right? Yeah. Certainly Tesla's opened up all their patents. I don't, I don't think they would be against it. And other people would want to, you know, what they've already jump-started, they'd want to probably uh, kick into the coattails of Tesla, I would right. think. Right, yeah, and I know I drove a uh, Kia Soul EV, and it could charge up on a 117-volt convenience charger, you know, 235-volt, you know, uh, 240 charger, or it could charge at 440 volts, a DC charger, Um and it had a, it had a, for that car, it had a fairly reasonable range, about 105 miles. The problem is at 117 volts, it took from, from zero to full, took probably 15 hours on a uh, level two charger. It probably would have done, been done in four to six. So where I work, we have a level two charger. So it, you know, while I'm at work, it charges back up and I have another 105 miles worth of range. Yeah, exactly. But let's talk about another factor. You know, when you look at the, I've owned a lot of cars. I've had I've had a Ferrari 360 Spider. I've had uh, I've had the 997 Turbo Porsche. I've had a 993 Carrera 4S. I've had the M3. I've had you know a lot of cars. This is the best car I've ever owned. I'll take it a step further. You know, this car I'm basically never going to need to re redo the brakes because it has regenerative braking. So only in an emergency do you put the brakes on. I drove the car from Toronto here. In automatic mode. I mean, this is so convenient. You put this in the in the in the follow mode, and it basically doesn't matter how fast the car is going. It, it stays within the speed, even if there's traffic. It'll go to zero. It watches its lanes. You can you can concentrate, of course, what you're what you're doing. But you can also do other little tasks along the way. But your your driver fatigue doesn't go down. And then when you talk about the repairs of a vehicle in the coming three, four, five years, I mean, there's no muffler, no piston, no crank, no radiator. You're not going to do the brakes. There's very few moving parts. So it's. You know, it's not even the cost. I mean, I, I just I just can't stand having to go to the service station. I mean, I'm never going to do an oil change. There's a, and, lot, of, there's a lot of lifestyle convenience in here. And uh, of all the cars you owned, this one from zero to 60 is probably the fastest. 
It is indeed, you know, for sure. That's not even a contest, and it's that's incredible. I mean, it's just incredible. And there's still people that are skeptical, and they yep. say, "Well, what about this?" And I don't know about that. And you know, it comes with an eight-year unlimited mileage warranty on the battery, just in case. You know, mm-hmm. like we want to figure that out and get that technology going. And I, I also tell them, by the way. This car is four years old. I mean, give them a break. They've already done this in four years. Imagine what Tesla's going to be in five or ten years. Mm. Did it's you not put, getting worse. This is only going to get better. Did you put your deposit in for their new affordable Tesla yet? I have not, and I will not be, but I, I will certainly recommend it to our friends and family to, um, you know, to take, take part in yep. that. Yep. So no, it's, anyone can afford it. And, yeah, the the new one looks like it's going to be between thirty and forty thousand dollars, and I guess they're for existing Tesla owners, they're taking a thousand dollar refundable deposit right now. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. what are some of the other experiences you've found as you were as you were driving this car and and enjoying the car and talking with people? Well, it's only starting. I was in Toronto and I, I was at a major exhibition and I, with twenty thousand people attending this thing, and the car was right in the middle of the whole conference fair. It was obviously the hit of the show. You people want to know well, where, where's the where are the motors and how do the batteries work? And you, I, had, I had both the trunk and the hood open. A tremendous amount of space in this car because you don't have any um, uh, motor space. The batteries are below the seat. There's uh, around seven thousand cells that are. It's very thin. It's probably, mm-hmm. I don't know, three, three and a half feet by maybe five feet uh, in this plate. And the motors are, are effectively underneath the, uh, on the, on the, in the rear drive, uh, drive, uh, drive axle, the two motors. And the, yeah, so the, the, the car was a total hit. People wanted to know a, a lot about it. And I found that it, um, you know, the, <laughs> how shall I say, a lot, a lot of enthusiasts and the people that were skeptical. I would always have one come by about every couple hours, and they would, they would do those usual questions, the charging. And one guy said, well, if you go from New York to Philadelphia to Washington, that's an old turnpike. You know, it's non-issue. And so you answer all their questions, and they're, they're still skeptical, the, the, the Uber skeptics. But, of course, they're now saying, well, okay, well, you're driving it, so you, sh- you should certainly know. Yeah, I mentioned that um, earlier before we got you on the phone that uh, uh, we had uh, a caller from Germany last week, and he mentioned that he was on his way back to the airport in a Tesla taxi cab. Oh, yeah, that's coming. Imagine, think of the money you're going to save. If you're, if you're a driver, I asked a question to a fellow. I was at Newark Airport, and I got a ride into New York about uh, four months ago. And I was talking to the driver. I said, why don't you drive a Tesla? Well, they're too expensive. I said, too expensive. Sir, your car's got 350,000 miles on it. I mean, do the math. You, you get a free car at the end of the day. Mm. And if you, if you factor it in with your lifestyle, as long as you know where your supercharger is, you know, you, you have to go in, you know, that fellow would probably have to do two charges a day, but, but it's certainly doable. You know, 30 minutes to top up and away you go. And uh, you could probably even have some kind of an echo, an echo, what do you call it, um, tariff put on. Because mm. there's a lot of people that feel good about paying it. We should also talk about one thing, charging the car. People will tell me, well, if you're on the East Coast, you're charging that car with coal-fired electricity. So it's not that green. And can I elaborate on this question that I'm asking to myself? And so when you look at when you look at that, you look at what happens with are you, you know, are you truly charging with coal-fired electricity, dirty electricity, or are there other options? Well, let's look at it today. So America has, uh, has an electrical capacity of 1,100 gigawatts, second largest in the world after China. 
And about 30% of that is generated from coal. So depending where you live, that is true. So you can offset this a few ways. Number one, America in general is going what's called C to G, coal to gas conversion. Mm -hmm. So you'll see another maybe 100 gigawatts go to gas away from coal. Tesla Corporation is with with their cooperation in Solar City. They're trying to make their their supercharging stations uh, solar powered, so that so that they are in fact off the grid. Now that, that's not the case today, but it's coming and it's a long term initiative. And the second part of it is most of the people that are buying Tesla's first generation are you know capital G greens or, or capital E enthusiasts. So a lot of the people I know, particularly those in California and other parts of the world where it's sunnier, they have their own little, you know, power station. They have a solar panel on the roof, so they are off the grid. But to answer my question, as I drive from the East Coast all the way down to Atlanta, all the way to California, what am I doing? Well, I have to charge the car as I do it. It's more of a demonstration to say it works, the mm-hmm. future is now, and here's how things are going to happen in the future. So I am going to have to do some kind of a carbon offset, you know, not to be gimmicky, but just to show people that, you know, this is what I'm doing to, to, so I can create what's called the, the world's first zero emissions book tour. Mm. Well, it, it's, inter- it's interesting because as you mentioned that, I'm trying to figure out my boss uh, just bought his, traded his old Tesla in and just bought a new one because he wanted all wheel drive. And I'm trying to figure out is, is, he a, is he a green guy or an enthusiast or a combination of both? Or just a tech guy, so I'm not sure. Yeah, and, yeah. and it falls under every persuasion. Yeah. I, I consider myself to be a realistic environmentalist, and when, when I get into that argument, I look at it as I just don't want to breathe diesel fumes. Mm. Now, the cars are one thing, but when you talk about city transportation, buses, cement trucks, mail carriers, you know, city buses, all of that can be electric now. And irrespective of the source, I, you know, we're all this, you know, you're, you're walking in the street of, of downtown Boston or downtown New York, and you got this bus with a, with a five-inch or six-inch exhaust pipe spewing out diesel fumes. No, thank you. Like, even if it's the same, even if it costs a little bit more, no, thank you. Make it electric. I mean, we, we don't need to do that anymore. This is it's an archaic sort of um, science, and the, the future is now, and I think you people will see in the next, uh, five to ten years, most of that stuff is going to go the way of electric. And you yeah. can look at, you know, countries like China, they, what they're doing. They they say that almost all of their city fleets are going to be electric by 2025. Yeah, so and it, they it's... Lo- they want no part of burning this diesel. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting that even the hybrid diesel buses, uh, you know, they, they tout the idea they double their fuel economy from two to four miles per gallon. That's well, still That's still well, horrible fuel economy. <laughs> You know, and you think about that. So, um, let's talk about the book. Let's talk about the book. My electrician drives a Porsche. What's that? Well, the the title hopefully makes you pick the book up and makes you want to discover how is this possible. It's a story, so it's it's a business personal finance book written uh, as a novel. It's a millennial electrician who enlightens his family doctor who lives in Seattle. He's 58 years old. He never had a passport. And he's oblivious to how this world works. Technologically, demographically, everything that's taking place and what makes it all possible. The book has very little to do with fast cars, but it has a lot to do with understanding and appreciating the changing energy mix, electric cars, you know, this what I call greener and cleaner energy and all the, the key components to make it possible. So they go on this page-turning adventure of enlightenment 
where you're presented facts and funnies and wisdoms every single page, but it's done in a presentable way that you, you know, you, you want to, it's a journey, you want to get to the end, and you're, you remember these things because it's put with, within parables and stories, and it's their relationship of enlightenment. And of course, the doctor in the end uh, has an awakening, he adopts what he would, you know, a Tesla way of life. He gets solar panels for his house, and he, he, buys a, he buys a Tesla, and he becomes the brand ambassador in his neighborhood, telling the people the future is now. And the book is featured across U.S. airports, and I am, you know, talking about it as one of the themes within my within my Tesla tour. But it it has little to do with Porsche, a lot to do with electric cars and Tesla. That just that the cover just hopefully uh, makes you curious. And when you when you say you know the uh, you know investing in the rise of the new spending class. Um, is that new, in, in your opinion, is that new spending class, um, skilled trade? And, trade? So is it, no, is it the electrician? Is, this is, this is, these are people, these are, these are, it's a totally different thing. Because when we decarbonize the energy mix, it means electricity. And electricity mm-hmm. requires certain things. Right. That's why the, like, the, the electrician is the guy that mm. can explain right. this to, not the, not the, to the yep. reader. Where he won the lottery three times because he... He, he was born at the right time. He entered the workforce in the mid-90s mm-hmm. as the computers and telecommunication revolution took off. He was born between Seattle and Vancouver, a world capital of technology and a world capital of resources. And he chose the right field. He, he says he won the lottery because he chose electrical studies. Now, the new spending class, what this is, there is an army of new consumers in the world who are, they're not rich, they're not poor. People, we have this, this colloquial term called emerging markets. Mm-hmm. It's not so modern anymore because three billion people have emerged. They're not rich. You know, they, they might make ten or $15,000 a year, but they have almost the same economic footprint that you and I have. They own a car, they have air conditioning, they watch television every day. You know, they have 30 or 40 things that plug in in their homes. These are the new spending class consumers, and there's billions of them. So there are challenges, but there are also opportunities within their, um, their spending patterns. And, of course, the number one thing in their lives is the umbilical cord of human progress, which is energy. They have an insatiable appetite. We all do on a global scale. And so they, too, need more energy. And also their uh, governments and societies are, are going away from a fossil fuel energy mix. We are, we are definitively going away from uh, oil coal, natural gas for everyone's energy. Mm. So electricity is the answer, and that's how that all comes together. So, so they are, they are a, a main feature and a common thread, thread throughout the book to, to let people who maybe haven't traveled the world to have a better understanding how the world has changed uh, demographically, as I say. Yeah. No, sound, sounds very interesting, and uh, sounds like sounds like you're, on top of that, sounds like you're having a good time. Yeah, I mean, people can follow the tour on my Twitter handle. It's at Realistic Enviro. And uh, also my website has all the tour details if they want to come and uh, see what we're doing. Uh, I don't put the, I don't pre-announce where I'm going, but I, uh, but I do tweet it and, and update people as I go. But I'm going to be in the Harvard area. The car looks fantastic. I'll have some pictures on my, um, on my uh, website and such and on the Twitter handle. I have all the tour dates and the car doors. And on the hood of the car, I'm going to be having all the people that uh, interview me and talk to me, the, you know, the influential people of the world, uh, sign the hood. We're going to be doing stuff like that. So we're going to be engaging people all the way to Tesla headquarters, where I will be on May 5th. 
Sounds like a great time. Gianni, thanks for taking a little time out of your Saturday and joining us here in Boston, and best of luck with the rest of your tour. Absolutely. Have a happy, sunny Saturday. You as well. Take care. Bye-bye now. Why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, we're going to be talking to Chris. If you have a question, we have lines open at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening to us live on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or WROLradio.com worldwide. We'll be right back. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Is making music with my friends. I can't wait to get on the road again. On the road again. Going places that I've never been. Seeing things that I may never see again. I can't wait to get on the road again. WROL Boston. I'm consumer investigator Dale Cardwell. As we age, many people consider buying safety products like walk-in baths. You know, the tubs with a door. Lots of folks don't buy them because they hear horror stories of defects and leaks. So imagine my surprise when I evaluated the Vantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath and discovered it provides a bathing experience like no other. Designed and engineered to allow independence, comfort, and safety, Vantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath also promotes good health. Combining several restorative therapies, Vantage offers a relaxing bathing experience right in your own home. And here's what really impressed me. Vantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath has earned the good housekeeping seal. Vantage Bath adds value to your home, but more important, lets you stay in your home safely. As a bonus for a limited time, Vantage will extend a $1,500 credit to the first 50 callers toward the purchase of a Vantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath. Why wait? Call 800-USA-BATH right now for information on the Vantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath. Call 800-USA-BATH now or see us on the web at 800USABath.com. Attention, pastors. It's that time of year for our third annual Pastors Masters Golf Tournament coming on May 9th, and we want to invite you. We here at Salem Media Group Boston would like to encourage you and thank you for the hard work that you put in every day in the front line of your ministry. The Pastors Masters is an opportunity for us to get to know you and for you to unwind, maybe do a little bragging and fellowship with other pastors and ministry leaders from across the Boston region. Even if you're not any good at golf, it's all right. Just come and enjoy a good time on the greens. Breakfast and lunch are provided, so come out and join us for the food, fun, and fellowship at the Harmon Golf and Fitness Club in Rockland, Mass. Register today by visiting wezeradio.com or wrolradio.com and click on the golf banner. What are you waiting for? Get ready to tee off. 
At Sullivan Tire and Auto Service, we've come down with a terrific case of spring fever and just can't wait to spread it around. Announcing the Sullivan Tire March Tire Madness Sale, going on all month long. If you're ready for baseball, college basketball action, or a chance to get outside for a touch of spring, then you're ready for the biggest tire sale of the season. Sullivan Tire and Auto Service is offering instant savings on select tire brands and new lower pricing on our extensive line of quality Michelin tires. Get ready for spring road trips with the Michelin Premier LTX. Remember to stop in for our thorough factory-scheduled maintenance check. Our ASC-certified technicians will check out your battery and charging system, radiator and antifreeze, inspect your tires and air pressure, brakes, all system fluids, steering and suspension, belts, hoses, exhaust system, exterior lights, wiper blades, and more. Don't miss the March Tire Madness Sale. Going on now at all Sullivan Tire and Auto Service locations. See SullivanTire.com. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it. Listening to the Car Doctor. Well, I left Kentucky back in '49 and went to Detroit working on assembly line. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Remember, you can find the book uh, "My Electrician Drives a Porsche" by Gianni Kovacevic. I wonder how close I got with this. How's your Croatian? I'm actually Croatian. I know, and so isn't he. (laughs) I didn't know that. Um, You know what? I only know, like, slight phrases. Okay. So I can't speak fluent. Because Gianni is fluent in English, German, Italian, and Croatian. And I assume assume Kovacevic is probably Croatian. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive, though. Mm. Yeah. You don't speak five languages? No. no, it's on my bucket list. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, let's uh, let's go to uh, Chris. Hey, Chris. <clears throat> Good morning. Good morning. Um, my question is that my wife pulled in the driveway yesterday. We have a 2000 Camry XLE, and we just had the oil change a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. And she said that the oil pressure... Um, indicator came on, so I checked the oil and there was hardly anything on the stick. Oh, so uh, so I had a, few, uh, a little bit hanging around. I poured some in and then drove over about a mile to the garage, and then they called me back later on and said that uh, it needed a repair to a gasket um, that would require them to um, dismantle a part of the engine. Uh, with a labor time of about six hours, and they said that at that point uh, I might be better off if I changed out the timing belt and the water pump since they're already going to be in there. And I'm not quite sure what you know what gasket and um, is it going to be worth my time and effort uh, to have that done because of the exposure. Uh, taking six hours to get the job. Yeah, it it sounds like it might need maybe a camshaft seal or a crankshaft seal. That's sort of what I'm um, guessing it might be uh, from your description. So um, I, I'm more bothered by the fact that in the amount of time, you know, did you have any oil consumption problems with it prior to the oil change? Not really, no. No? no. Hmm. hmm. You know, I 
is it a garage that you have a real, you know, a real high level of confidence with? Good garage. You like them? Been doing business with them for a while, or? Yeah. I've, yep. yep. It's a small town garage. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 No, then I mean, I, I guess I'd want to go. I guess I'd want to go along with it. Um, it's just odd that it seems that you know it's. Um, you didn't really have a problem, then you had an oil change, and a couple of weeks later, all of a sudden, the seal let go, and that's mm-hmm. why it was down, you know, three quarts of oil. You know, just a little odd that it happened that way. Um, well, I'm, the woman said that sometimes they just leak a little bit at a time. Yeah. But in this instance, you know, as she phrased, it was gushing. Gushing. Okay. Coming right out, like, you pour it in, and it's going right down the ground. Oh, Okay. Uh, so, um, in the mention of uh, changing out the water pump, etc. Yeah, I mean those are all those are all good things to do to a sixteen-year-old car. If you know, if you've if you've never if you've never done them, I mean it it right. it yeah it it makes it makes some you know it certainly makes some sense to to do that and to to do a, a timing belt on this car is you know by itself. You know, it's about three hours labor, and you know the belt's probably forty or fifty dollars, and the crankshaft seal is about three hours labor, and that's you know the seal's probably only fifteen or twenty dollars, and the water pump is uh, is one of those things that uh, you know it it works a little harder. It's there, so the labor is about the same. You're not adding any additional labor really to put in the water pump. Maybe another half an hour but the pump is probably a hundred bucks so there's your total cost what she would they give you for a total price 800 800 800 to get a car that doesn't leak oil has a new time and belt have you ever done the time and belt in a car no when we bought it uh i think we were the second owner yeah uh they said they put a belt in at around eighty thousand. about eighty thousand. so and how many miles are on it now around a hundred and 125. 125. Yeah. So I mean you're you're at the point where it wouldn't be it's not money poorly spent. Is the rest of the car in good shape? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. I'd spend the eight hundred bucks. Okay. Get it all good and solid, you know, uh you know, so you don't have any problems with it and you know, just kinda go from there. Okay, great. Okay? I appreciate it. All right, take care, Chris. Bye bye. Let's go over to line two to Tom. If you would like to join us, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Tom. Hey, Tom. Uh, hi, John. How you doing? Good. Good. How are you? Uh, yeah, I, I tuned in late and missed that uh, interview you had with that electric guy. It sounded really interesting. I didn't get any particulars as far as... Um, he mentioned Harvard, appearing at Harvard. And does he have a website? You yeah, he said it? you can follow him on Twitter or his website. Let's see. i got to find it here. Um... Let's see. His Twitter is Realistic Enviro, or Realistic, yeah, Enviro. And, uh, but if you just, um, you should be able to, you should be able to find him. I'm trying to see where his website is. Eh, Maybe I don't have it. Um, But Realistic Enviro is his uh, Twitter. So if you just type in Realistic Enviro in the internet, you'll probably come up with him. And his last name is... uh, his, uh, his last name is Kovacevic. It's K-O-V-A-C-E-V-I-C. So I'm sure there's 
not a ton of those. Not too many of those. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, a ton of those, and and Tesla tour at the same time. So it's kind of oh, it's. It, yeah, okay. yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, you know, wrote this book about you know my electrician drives a Porsche and about energy and all that, and the uh, and somehow he decided well rather than you know fly from uh, bookstore to bookstore to promote his book, I guess he decided he'll do it in a Tesla and. He's, um, what's it say here? He's enlightened audiences around the world with his unique insights into wide-ranging topics such as energy, rise in modern spending class, as well as how the environment and investment go hand-in-hand. Hand. He's got 220,000 uh, hours of research, something-something. Uh, graduate of the British Columbia Institute of Technology, a founding member of the CO2 Master Solutions Partnership, and more importantly, are not depending on how you look at it, he's fluent in English, German, Italian, and Croatian. Amazing, because when I was listening to him, he didn't seem to have any accent at all. Yeah, so. yeah other than he sounded like a guy who does a you know TLC remodeling show up in Canada, but, you know. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I missed it because I, I, you're on at 8.30 now. Remember the days when you first started? You were doing two hours, weren't you? Uh, originally, it was, originally, it was, we were on, well, you know, 25 years ago, you know, it was, yeah, uh, yeah it was uh, on the, oh on the old station on WJDA and WESX. We were on from 9 to 11, and then when uh, when uh, Jay Asher sold the station and sold it, and I came over here, I was on 1150, which was kind of a business station from 8 to 10, and then that yep. station changed, and I ended up over here on the uh, on ROL on the we'll, we'll call I, it my my Irish yeah. Brotherhood here, and uh, yeah. yeah, and then I, I, uh, and yeah. then they they gave me another half an hour because um, I don't know because I was all, I was here anyway. I got here early, so they said as well yeah. while he's here, he might as well, well he might as well be here exactly. <laughs> But I remember the two hours. I remember the two hours. Yep. Yeah, and eventually, you know, and, uh, you know, it won't be uh, another another month or so, I think I'm having an anniversary here. So there'll be, I don't know, nine or ten years here in another I month. Had, so. Good God, I had no idea you been yeah. that long. Yeah. yeah. Time but flies. Filling still, still, still the two hours was, I think, probably kind of difficult sometimes. But well, you, you know, it depends. You depends. In there and you did a good job. Yeah, it depends on, depends on the callers. So, you know, as long as you keep calling in and, uh, you know, as long oh, as yeah. we can chit-chat back and forth, it's all good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have quite a technical question. Got a Honda 212 Honda um, uh, fit. Now, that engine, does Honda still make the, they don't make freewheeling engines, so i got to be sure and change the timing belt, right? That was well, the last I, that, You know, that might actually have a chain in it, but let me, let oh, me, ta okay. yeah, let me take a peek. Let's see. Yeah, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Vehicle manufacturers, you know, they, you know, we always had chains for a million years, yep. and then, yep. you know, there was a few that had, um, there was a few that had timing, you know, timing belts, you know, we started to see them pop yep. up here and there, and. Then we'd you know would see would see a few more and a few more, but you know it wasn't it wasn't anything that we we saw a lot you know we you know it wasn't anything we were really used to. I remember the first time I did a a timing belt in a car it was a Fiat I think, and I'm like who oh, yeah, would I I, yeah I said who would ever who would ever want to put a timing belt in a car This is crazy, but you know your fit has a chain. Oh my God! Yeah, so so you can drive that forever. And they went with a direct inject engine in, 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 in 2015, I think. And I don't know if that has a chain, but that's that's another. Yeah. That's, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Great. So so you're you're in you're in good shape, uh, and uh, it doesn't look like there's any kind of uh, any kind of an issue with with that engine at all. So you know you should be in, you should be in fine shape. Yeah. Okay. Hey, appreciate it, John. Thanks. All right. Lot, and, Take care. Uh, yeah. Bye bye.
Well, I got some, it's kind of that, well, it kind of has a little bit of that spring feel in the air. And it did more, I guess, on Wednesday, which I didn't get to notice it. But um, our cars are disgustingly dirty. They they need to be cleaned. And as it turned out, I got from the the folks at Gold Eagle Products, uh, I got some stuff to try to clean my cars. And I'm going to wait and try it. But some of them are, there's this uh, protectant wipes, so sort of... uh, you know, to keep the uh, trim looking good, all you don't, you can just keep the container of it in your car, and it's uh, it's convenient, and you just kind of wipe it on, make the trim look nice. Um, trim restore and protectant. My own car could use that because some of the trim on that is getting pretty tired looking because that car is going on ten years old almost. Um, they have a, a a speed detailer. There's a lot of these types of products around, and most of them all work pretty well. Uh, you know, we used to joke that it was sort of like. Uh, spraying pledge on your car, you know, if you're old enough to know what pledge is. Uh, this was a spray car, uh, spray furniture wax. But the speed detailers work nice because if you're, if the car is clean and you just want to touch it up a little bit, it's a nice way to do it. There's also a quick wax. And for the Volkswagen, we have a uh, convertible top cleaner. And it's, um, you know, winter in New England and having a convertible can be a little bit of a challenge. So these are some of the products that I'm going to be trying out from the folks at Gold Eagle. I, di- I don't know of Gold Eagle for these products. I know of Gold Eagle for one thing, and that's stable, uh, gas line stabilizer. So a, a good product that I've always had good luck with. So I'm going to have to um, give them give them a try. Well, let's uh, let's try... A little bit of a car review now, too, because uh, if you would like to join us, by the way, the phone lines are back to being open at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Uh, you can call in. We'll get you on the air and try to help you with your car problems. Maybe you're curious, is there a technical service bulletin on your car that needs some attention? We can we can look up that at the same time. But let's talk about the car that I was driving around for a few days, and that's the 2016 Chevrolet Malibu. It's all new from the ground up. The latest model comes in five trim levels and can be powered by three different engines, including a hybrid. The Malibu still is a mid-sized car that can seat up to five, longer and lighter. The new Malibu offers more rear interior space than the uh, previous model. Its wheelbase has been stretched nearly four inches. But it's also 300 pounds lighter than the previous model, and uh, that's for handling as well as fuel economy. The standard engine is a little tiny engine, a little 1.5 liter turbocharged engine, but our road test was in the uh, 2L Premier model, which is powered by another small engine, though, a 2 liter turbo with an 8-speed automatic transmission. The Malibu adds uh, several new to Malibu safety features, including lane keep assist, front pedestrian braking, low-speed front automatic braking, this thing called Teen Driver, which is available on the LT and standard and Premier trims, helps support safety driving habits by muting the audio or any paired device with the vehicle when the front seat occupants aren't um, wearing their seatbelts. It also is the first in-vehicle system in the industry that lets parents view information on how their teenagers drive the vehicle. So it spies on your kids if you have this. Um, which, you know, Chevy calls it a teaching tool. It also has a forward-looking camera to help avoid or reduce harm caused by crashes with pedestrians uh, and the the lane departure warning. Uh, Automatic headlights to switch to high beams so you get better visibility. Adaptive cruise control, front automatic zone, uh, automatic climate control. So 
Uh, really nice sounding Bose premium audio system. 120 volt electrical outlet, so you can run your computer games or recharge your laptop. Wi Fi, so you can uh, have the extra Wi Fi, so you can run uh, run all of your uh, uh, Wi Fi connected devices without using up data on one plan. On the road, this little engine delivers pretty decent performance. It's got about 250 horsepower. Gets uh, about 30 miles per gallon in my road test. EPA estimates 22 city, 33 highway. The ride's comfortable. It's very quiet. The steering has a nice balance, light enough when parking, offering a little added weight on the highway. There's plenty of cubbies for storage, a good-sized trunk. Uh, very, very nice interior. Real nice, uh, high-quality interior in the car. Uh, just a good-looking car all the way around. And I've always kind of laughed about the commercials when you see them and it showed the no emblems on the car and people said oh what kind of car is that oh it must be an audi it actually has a real european style to it a uh, real nice looking car the bottom line is this newest malibu is no longer the rental car champ i think it's going to be a true contender as one of the best mid-sized cars seats five you'd shop it against the camry the mazda six the ford fusion it does like premium fuel because it is turbocharged, but it's not necessary. If you want all the performance, you put premium in it. It won't blow up if you don't. And does it have a spare tire? Yeah. No. No spare tire, just a just a spare tire kit. Our phone number is 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. Don't forget to spring ahead at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Get up at 2 in the morning. Turn your clocks ahead. Go back to bed. Uh, let's talk to David. Hi, David. Good, good morning, John. How are you? Good. How are you? Very well, thanks. Uh, question. What was the, on the Tesla, when you had the gentleman on yep. there, what is he uh, saying that the mileage uh, that you could possibly get on that car? Uh, 250 or so. They have, and that's on a uh, flat ground, right? Uh, you know, it's, uh, my boss has a Tesla. Yeah. And he just bought his second one. He had he had his first one. He liked it a lot. Yeah. But um, he also liked the idea of getting a $7,500 tax credit. So he right. traded his old one in, bought the new one, got the tax credit. But the new one he got was all-wheel drive. He His daughter lives up in New Hampshire. And he, he apparently has no problem driving up there. Visitor will turn up in the up in the hills and then turn around and driving back. He says he gets pretty routinely. It doesn't seem to change much, you know, two hundred and fifty or so uh, miles per charge. And right. it's interesting though that both heat and cold can affect battery life. So Absolutely. yeah, so a lot of people think, oh, it's just the cold weather that's going to affect the batteries. Also, very hot weather can affect it too. Right, deteriorates yeah. it, but. They mean to say that they don't have any actual studies of uh, taking 10 of the cars and running them out, filling them up, you know, with the juice, mm -hmm. and then running them out to know on, on perfectly level ground, you know, back and forth, whatever yeah. it is, and they don't have any of that back. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. It's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to get Gianni on the, the show is I have, I got a, um, I got an email from the folks at Tesla back I don't know, it was probably a year ago, and they were doing some sort of promotional, you know, come and see our cars. And I think it might have been at Pine Hills down in Plymouth or something. So I called the folks who <coughs> sent me the news release. And I said, hey, I don't really know enough about these cars. I don't know enough about the charging stations. I'd really like to talk to somebody on the radio show about it. And I got the, oh, I'll, I'll look into it. And then um, they did, and they never got back to me. 
Yeah. So I'm like, you know, so when I hear about when I hear about this guy and he's you know driving a Tesla from Vancouver to Palo Alto, California, I thought it'd be kind of interesting to hear about. But as far as specific studies, none that I have seen. I know that uh, um, a friend of mine and the editor of um, of uh, Popular Mechanics, the auto section, Popular Mechanics, Ezra Dyer, actually took a Tesla to a drag strip. And, and drag race. Oh no, they got torqued. Yeah, dra- yeah, that. drag raced uh, thirteen cars, and he beat twelve. Right, they, yeah. uh, an electric motor will yeah. always out. Oh sure, yeah. You know, they put these, you hear the idiots around your uh, that have their lawns done, and these guys blowing the leaves and the uh, whatever with a little, <clears throat> you know, gas yeah. engine things and noisy and everything else. But in any case, uh, they don't have the power of a good, really good electric one of those, which are perfectly quiet. You need yeah. a cord, you need yeah. a cord, etc. But you know, they ought to have some facts here. Why do people buy stuff without ever checking and knowing what specifically they're getting? I just cannot believe people are so idiotic today. Well, That's I mean, there's always just you know you'll always see that. You know. I know, but uh, yeah, you see it down in <laughs> sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Ave, Mister <laughs> Setback Stand Down. You know. But you know what is you know then you then you get it all from uh, fully charged to zero. Do go through it and then you run it and put it on a meter and how many kilowatt hours is it charging and what does it cost? Yeah, it's not really the cost. Just tell me how many kilowatt hours and we multiply it by the beautiful New England and yep. here in Massachusetts, twenty eight thirty cents yep. a, a kilowatt. Yep. Out in Ohio, it's about. 15 yep. total, 15 to 16 cents a kilowatt hour. No, it's, um, it, there are plenty of studies about that. You can look up plenty of information about how many how many kilowatt hours it takes to charge from, from zero to full. Um, I, I know that's actually, I know that's a number that's out there that you can you can look up on both uh, Tesla and most and most any electric cars. So and it's and it's just a, it's a function of uh, it's a function of battery. You can you can look That's up That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you're yeah. telling me what yeah. the battery can hold. Yeah. And you know, they ought to know that exactly and if you know that you know, that's not going to tell you the number of miles because you're going to be going up and hill and dale right. and everything right. else. You know, yeah, the, that that, that number that number I I don't remember what it is, but I remember I looked it up once because I did I was doing years probably four or five years ago. I was doing a comparison on you know what financially made sense. You know, you right. go out and you buy a sure. you know a natural gas Honda Civic, yep. how much it costs to fill it up. Or, you know, and then a diesel, and then I looked at I looked at you know a typical electric car, and also a, also a, um, even even the cost of owning a hybrid, and is that extra cost of a hybrid worthwhile? Worthwhile, yeah. And in all those cases, and this was back when gas was three fifty a gallon, which we may see again. Right. Um, you know, it's in a lot of cases you would have to keep the car. For a very long time, sure. To make it to make it to worthwhile, make it worth one, yeah. and the electric ones, depending on you know, like you said, living here in Massachusetts, yeah, we we don't have we don't have the best electric rates. No, nope. that's because the fools here won't put in the uh, gas lines here to you know run it on gas, the uh, charging stations, you know, your mm-hmm. generators. Yep. It just to me is unbelievable that people don't even check these things in a sense and know specifically. It's like remember that little Justin Bieber, that little idiot uh, years ago. He had some type of a car. It was an electric car, uh, sports car. I can't remember. Yep. It's a stupid name. And they had uh, Hurricane Sandy came along, and in the uh, docks down in New Jersey, there they had two hundred and thirty of them. 
and they burned. They started burning on the uh, on the docks when oh, the water okay. level got up. That's another thing. These, the battery. It's a lithium battery. Does it have a deep cycle? I mean, how long? Supposedly, they're giving you what eight years. Eight on the year, battery? eight year warranty on the battery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I'm saying uh, I, I'm very suspect on all that. Well, but the biggest thing is the water. If you get water, that's a metal. Lithium is a metal. People don't realize like sodium is. Yep. And uh, and when it comes in contact with water, it does a lovely thing. It burns like crazy. You can burn through anything. Burn through aluminum, and that's where they held it. And I think is the I've seen the battery in yeah. Tesla. Well, it's built into uh, the base of the frame, so to speak, or your floorboard. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you get that soaked in water or go into a tunnel, and what are you going to have? You're going to have some real problems. Uh, I don't know where people think about these things today. They think that all these people out making these things, are, have they got their best interest? Well, they got well, their interest of making money. That's all they got. Well, there. you know, with the Tesla, you know, I like to think it's. I like to think the Tesla is a little more well thought out than those, uh, than those electric skateboard hoverboard things that everybody bought for Christmas, and then half of them caught fire. So Right. Well, yeah. that is just yeah. pure stupidity on that one. <laughs> You know, that's that's the saying that they're you don't even know where they're being made. The, they go they go all through one little uh, oh, they're all, they're box. All, they're all they're all they're all made, made in China. <laughs> yeah, well, they're made yeah. all over yeah. China, so you yeah. can't even localize yeah. who made the particular one that you have yeah. to correct it if you have a problem. You know, the yeah. other fellow with the oil here that just lost it. What do you have? A Camry? A Camry, two thousand Camry. Yeah, with one hundred and five thousand. Yeah. That's but that's just broken in. Yeah, oh yeah, he shouldn't sure. even be close to yeah. oil. You mean he goes in? He had no oil problem beforehand. Well, yeah, well, I don't know. But, you know, we don't we don't really know that. But what we know is it, it didn't have any oil in it, and they said it as soon as you poured oil in, it came back out. And I assume it, you know, where they described the the. Uh, the labor and doing the time and belt. No, uh, I know. I've the, gone through it. Yeah, so probably a crankshaft seal might have let go, which, you know. It's can, the rear main usually on those cars. But the point is, if he didn't, hadn't had any leak at a little bit uh, leaking in the beginning, and you go in, you sure you had the oil put back in? Some of these well, places don't always put the oil back. I could almost see, hear you saying or in your mind. Oh, yeah, my mind know, was saying that. Saying I thought, I thought thing, my lips you know? might have said it, too, but, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, really. And that, yeah. and that was my thought about getting a second opinion just in case, but... Uh, but you know, certainly something worth you know worth looking at, and that's why I said you know if. But for eight hundred dollars to do, uh, you know, with a hundred plus thousand miles on it, do a timing belt and a water pump, uh, you know, and the plan on keeping the car another six, seven, eight years, why not? Yeah. Why not get that work done and have it trouble free at the same time if it does need a crankshaft seal? Yeah, uh, you know, not a lot of labor I, yeah, at that I, point. You, you don't do, usually do that yeah. automatically. Yeah, you do it. But what a foolish thing! Now that two thousand and four, they've all of a sudden put the. Uh, on the Camry, anyway, engine. I'm sure they probably did it across the line. They put the uh, timing uh, chains back on. Yep. As we said, we used to take the old. Uh, <laughs> till they got in, gee, I'm got in trouble for selling a uh, Oldsmobile with a Chevy engine. Mm-hmm. It's a rocket V8. We used to get them from the 50s. Uh, nice little engines, and they'd be in the boneyard. They'd be mm-hmm. half buried in the earth. You'd pull them out. You'd never had a problem with the timing change. You just make up the difference, whatever it is, on your timing. You know, if it had a little slack in it, as we'd say. Well, it, eventually, it, when it stretched enough, where it wore a hole through the timing cover, <laughs> right? Then, yeah, then, then, then it might, then it might have worn too much. Three hundred thousand or two. Yeah. They never yeah. went that far yeah. in those days. Yeah. 
but you know that's 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 uh, low mileage. Oh sure, yeah that that you know that that is a car with a little bit of regular routine maintenance as a three hundred thousand mile car. So. I know I've yep. got uh, I had six of them here. Now uh, the other daughters didn't want uh, got another one, so I've had I still have four of the Camrys from the early nineties, you know ninety two yep. to ninety six. The wagons, everybody, and they still, the people that owned them said, we wish we kept ours. Yep. And two of them are at 200,000 and 210, and they're still going beautifully. Yeah, no. Nope. You take a little care. It's the best little car I think they ever made. They were in the mode in the early 90s of creating a uh, basis of saying to people, we make a good quality car, and they did. It was all computerized, the engine manufacturing and machining and everything, and, and uh, you can't beat them. I'm telling you that yeah. early. I wouldn't buy the newer ones, though. It's like buying uh, so yeah. many other new things today. It's <laughs> government getting into everything. They got something to say about, and uh, yeah. these guys have to yeah. work hey, around it. Hey, anyway, we got to get going and take. We got to get uh, yep. going and take a break. But thanks for calling in and uh, yep. and keep Thank listening you, and calling anytime. Very good. All right, have take care. Bye bye. Uh, we need to take a quick break. Jim, stay right there. If you would, if others would like to join us, education to the next level. Arizona State University now offers more than 100 top-tier degree programs, 100% online. With ASU's highly ranked online programs, you'll earn the same degree as our on-campus students with the ability to learn wherever you want, whenever you want. Same world-renowned faculty, same leading education, same global recognition from one of the top universities in the world. Call 1-800-581-3263. That's 1-800-581-3263. I'm Jamie from Sherman Oaks, and I just graduated with my degree from Arizona State University. I chose ASU because I received the quality education I deserve in the major I wanted, all from my home. Jamie's not the only one to earn a degree from ASU. There are over 100 degree programs offered 100% online from one of the top universities. Now's the time to learn more about earning your degree online from Arizona State University. Call 1-800-581-3263. That's 1-800-581-3263. 
Wherever Joan Hunter goes, miracles happen. Tabernacle of Hope Church in Carver invites you to experience three days with Joan Hunter Ministries as she brings hope, healing, and deliverance to Massachusetts. She's been featured on the Sid Roth and Marilyn Hickey programs. Yes, on April 8th, 9th, and 10th, author and evangelist Joan Hunter will minister at Hampton Inns and Suites in Plymouth. Get more details by calling Tabernacle of Hope Church at 508-866-8523 or visit tabernacleofhope.org. Your smile is your calling card, and skilled dental practitioners like Dr. Jenny Chong at Marina Bay Dental can enhance that beautiful smile with veneers, creating the sparkling look of healthy teeth while providing strength and resilience like natural tooth enamel. Visit our discount shopping sites at wezeradio.com or wrolradio.com and learn how you can receive this dental artistry valued at $3,000 for half price. And you can learn more about Dr. Chong's practice, marinabaydental.com. Back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Uh, let's go to a very patient uh, line two to Jim. 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 Hi, I'm here. Hi. There you are. Yeah. How you doing today? Good, good. Your last call was very interesting. He uh, he really is quite knowledgeable. He is. Uh, I had a question. I have an 09 Hyundai Santa Fe that I've owned since new. Okay. Had a dealer service, you know, went through the usual, uh, 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 you know, as the as the book called for yep. maintenance, it was done. Most recently, we did the uh, the timing belt mm-hmm. with the water pump and all that goes yep. with that. And uh, I'm now at the point where it's about 130,000 miles. Everything is running good. And this winter, I switched to high-test gas because on the very, very cold days... It had an issue on the auto. You know, it, it wouldn't start on the first spin. It would take two or three spins to get it going. Really? Yeah, and that that seemed to go away. I put some of that, uh, you know, uh, cleaner in yep. the gas, and and uh, I switched to high test. And quite frankly, the car runs better, I think, on the high test. Okay. But now the question comes down to this: Should I keep the car another year or two, or? look at, and I was looking seriously at one of these enterprise rental deals where yep. it's like a, uh, a maybe a 15 or a 14 Santa Fe, and with the trade-in value of my car and the price of that used car, and they have about 20,000-odd miles on it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm sort of looking at that and wondering, gee, if I hang on to this car more and transmission or engine or something else major goes wrong, it's obviously out of warranty, or, you know, make a move to, you know, a newer vehicle with a lot less miles. Yeah, I mean, that's that's always, you know, that's always kind of the, you know, one of those questions. It's like, how how long, you know, how long do I keep it? You know, what what should I do with it? What's it worth? Um, you Yours is uh, yours is an all-wheel drive or front-wheel drive? Or? Oh, it's, a, it's a front-wheel drive. Front-wheel drive, yeah. It's a, it's a front-wheel drive, yep. and the um, uh, the car is running great. I have no trouble with it. In fact, I did 
gosh, probably like 500 miles last week. I put a lot of miles yep. in the car, typically. I'm doing uh, probably fifteen to 18,000 miles a year. Where are you going? Jeez. Oh, well, well I, I have to run around New England. I'm a rep, so. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, as as a trade-in value, it's worth probably between five and $6,000. That's right. Yeah, so... You know, you look at that and, you know, what's, have you, you know, sampled some of the prices in Enterprise? What are they looking for? A... Right. They're, they're talking around 21, yeah. 22. Yeah. And, and one of the issues I ran into is that it's now a four cylinders. Right. And I don't know why they switch. This is a V6 I have. Yep. And, um. Yeah, the four cylinder, depending on which V6 you have, whether you have the 27 or the 35. It's the uh, two seven. The two seven. The four cylinders actually got more horsepower than the than your six. Really? Yeah, not by much, but ten horsepower maybe. Oh, but yeah. so it's it's pretty comparable. Yeah, yeah. If you drove it down the road, you you know, other than it sounds a little different, the V six just sounds a little smoother. But but the but the four cylinder the four cylinder engine is um, is uh, got got plenty of power. You probably wouldn't even notice. Huh? Yeah. Because um, I notice now. Uh, you know, I've had the brakes done, obviously, yeah, and so forth. But I notice now, and it doesn't happen every time, but there are times when uh, I'm I'm starting to accelerate, mm -hmm. like at a stoplight or something. Yep. And there's a little, uh, like a, like a, it feels like a slop sort of in a transmission. Yeah, it's what it actually might be is it might be the front axle shaft where it goes into the front hub is developed a little bit of wear. Ah. Because, yeah. you know, now that you mention it, the dealer, the last time I had the oil change, he said, you know, you need to change that left front axle. And it's a, he said it's about a $300 yeah. job. And yeah. I'm thinking, he said you got there's something in the boot. And I thought at one point, remember when they had um, uh, a boot over? Oh, yeah, CV joint boot. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. CV drive. Yep. And, and I thought you could just replace the boot. And he said, no, he says just replace the whole. By, by the time you're done, the axles have come down in price so much. Um, you have to, if you wanted to just replace the boot, if the boot was just torn and all the grease was leaking out of it, by the time you take the axle out, cut the old boot off, put a new boot on, put the labor, put it all back together again, the cost of a new axle with the new joint inside of it isn't that much more and it's all assembled at the factory so yeah. it's actually sometimes they they tried for years now they've tried to come out with a split boot that you could sort of cut the old one off leave the axle in place put the new one on kind of glue it on and make it work and those never seem to work yeah yeah well i was kidding i said well duct tape's not going to do it they left yeah yeah so so that that's probably what it is you know at this point you know at without putting any more money into it you're in about the same situation I am with my car. It's like kind of, you know, where do I go with it? And I got to tell you, the Enterprise cars, um, Enterprise, the, their own fleet, what they do is they look at the ones that are in, that show no real problems. Those are the ones they keep for themselves to sell at Enterprise directly. Uh -huh. And then uh, the other ones just go to the auction. So they're, they're sort of the better of the rental car fleet. And uh, I think also... A combination between uh, being, uh, you know, if you're a AAA member and if you happen to be a City of Boston Credit Union member, I think both places there's some kind of discount with Enterprise. Really? Yeah. Because I, I have a AAA, but I'm not a, a City of Boston. Yeah. But that's, yeah. 
That's easily remedied. Yeah, yeah. No, when we were at the City of Boston Credit Union back a month and a half or two months ago, they actually had a little sign up, and there was something about Enterprise Rent a Car. They had some deal, and maybe it's a low interest deal or something. And yeah. I know, with as a AAA member, there's a discount too. So, huh. well, the other the other question was this: I was looking through the um, uh, the magazines and so forth. You know, the uh, the consumer yep. magazines, and the and the Kia is pretty well rated, and I know Kia hasn't. Uh, a similar car uh, to yeah the, yeah, the Sorento. The yeah. Sorento, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, they were around the same price, maybe a thousand dollars less or yep. something. And I just wonder how they rated. They're they're owned by the same company. Yes. Hyundai owns Kia. Yeah. Both companies have filed bankruptcy years ago. Uh, the only thing that keeps them afloat, really, and I shouldn't say this, they're owned by such a huge corporation. You know, they, they build ships and textiles sure. and computers and everything else that when the automotive industry tanked about 10 years ago, they were really not even bothered by it. But um, I always felt that the Kia was just a step behind the Hyundai. Now, I had a I had a Kia back when they first came out with the Sorento in 03, and it was a pretty good car, but it was a, it was a really heavy car. It rode a little hard, and it used a lot of... Um, steel and iron rather than alloy and aluminum. And after a few years, it started getting a little rusty looking underneath. And really? they've kind of remedied that now. The new Sorento was pretty much like the new Santa Fe. Um, but I always, they, they try to position the Kia as sort of this, you know, sexier cousin of the Hyundai. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know how well it works, but but they, but that's kind of what they try. Huh. So, I mean, I, I would definitely look at it too, but... Um, you know, see, see which one you like. They're both very similar, okay? Great. Well, there was one one thing, you know, uh, and, and and the consumer uh, uh, magazine yep. uh, rated the uh, the Hyundai's. You know, they, they have these these approved uh, flags yep. on the yep. on the book, yep. and the and the Hyundai, uh, the Santa Fe was an approved uh, vehicle. Hmm. You know, and I was looking at the Rav Four, and the Rav Four was even higher. Yep. And uh, they didn't. I, I didn't see as many Rav fours by Enterprise. Whether they don't sell them, yeah, they could. They could just have a better deal with Hyundai for fleet pricing. So yeah, that could be it. Uh, that's what yeah. I wondered. But yeah. is there any big difference between the Rav four and the uh, and the Santa Fe? They well, size wise, you're going to get more. You're going to get more room, and uh, I think a little bit more comfort. The the Rav four is a good vehicle. It's just it's a little bit smaller vehicle. I think you're going to be more comfortable in the Santa Fe. You're going to feel like you're. The, the the equivalent of the RAV would be like the Hyundai Tucson, so a little ah, bit smaller, yeah. That's what okay. I That's what I All right. Listen, thank you very much. All right, take care now. Take care. Bye-bye. Yep, bye-bye. Um, we promised trivia, so why don't we do that? Uh, our trivia question, you got to be old or watch me TV. Cozy? Or cozy TV. One of those. One of those. Uh, there was a TV show. It was on for years and years and years. It starred Jerry Van Dyke. And it was called My Mother the Car. What kind of car was My Mother the Car? And uh, if you know the answer, give us a call at 617-770-3030. And we will give you... Uh, we have something interesting to give out. We have some We have some uh, tire cleaner that adds a little bling to your tires. I got to bring it in for... I got to bring it in for Marita. It actually adds a little sparkle to your tires. I can see that.
but uh, if you know the answer, give us a call at 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Frank on line three. Hi, Frank. Good morning, John Paul. How are you? Sitting on, uh, I recently acquired an Aviate Corvette, and uh, I never realized they have a uh, fiberglass suspension now. Mm-hmm. The uh, yeah, the big spring in the back. Yeah, and yep. in the front, too, they have, like, fiberglass bars. And I was wondering if there's uh, any information on whether how long they last or they have to be inspected uh, periodically. or And if they do fail, like, I remember the old torsion bar cars. Yep. The, the torsion bar broke. Like, I, my father had a 58 Plymouth wagon, and the bar broke, and the fender ended up landing right on the front tire. That's never good. No, no. That's if you go down the highway at, at maximum speed. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, it's um, the um, I haven't heard I haven't heard of any problems, but I'm sure that I know there is. I know there's actually a, a, a regular spring replacement. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's probably people that try, you know, try different things. Uh, but the the uh, I thought that was I thought that was a regular um I thought that would they, they were regular coils in the front, but uh, just a little. No, yeah. No, I looked for yeah. I just, I just bought this car like last fall. Yeah. And I looked, and I didn't see any spring. That's what got yeah. me. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. The the rear is the rear is a transverse, uh, um, for want of a better word, fiberglass spring. I again, I haven't heard any real problems with it. But what I would do though is, you know, go on, you know, go on one of the, you know, one of the many Corvette. Um, uh, message boards and see okay. what people and see what people are saying about it. But I haven't I haven't really heard I haven't really heard of anything that would that would be much of a much of an issue with that. That's uh, but uh, again I know that there is a replacement if you uh, if you go to any of the Corvette enthusiast parts uh, websites you'll find you'll you'll find replacement springs of all different kinds. So. Um, you know, certainly that certainly that could be the case. You know, in the in the front, it's um, it's uh, it, again it uses a uh, they call what do they call it here? Uh, the front suspension suspension uses a single lightweight fiberglass transverse spring mounted to the lower control arms. The right. the upper control arms are high forged aluminum. There's never there hasn't been any update or anything about it, so I can't imagine there's there's a huge issue, but. Um, yeah, I wonder do the new ones still use that type of suspension as far as so are they No, they they've gone they've gone to uh those electronic shock type suspensions. So, um but you know, if you wanted to go buy this uh, uh you know, this new front spring, I I think you buy it as part of the cross member and it's, you know, it's it's, you know, $1300 or something. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The uh the only other question if you got a second is the uh, I was talking to this friend of mine, he's got a Mustang, a souped up Mustang. Yep. To me, about a forced coolie induction system yep. for the Mustang. What do they have those for the Corvettes? Jim? You can buy anything for a Corvette. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah all you need is all you need is uh, an unlimited supply of money. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. You could go to you know Mid America Corvettes or any of the Corvette enthusiast sites. You know, well, give the eighty eight to a reasonable price. Yeah, yeah. They made they made them they made them they're they're made a million of those. You know, right up until. The, you know the '90s. You know that they, there's so many of those Corvettes out there that you can you can buy them pretty reasonably. They're fun to drive. There's a lot of technology in the car for a car that's been around for a while. So you know you can you can you can find a lot. So right. Yeah. So I don't mind spending a few extra dollars. Yeah. Yeah. How's the rest of the car interior and all that? 
the interior is, you know, it's it's worn somewhat. You know, yep. you can see the wrinkles and yep. cracks. But yep. The body's perfect. Yep. It was never in an accident. It's got fifty eight thousand yep. miles. Is it the? Is it the? Um, which engine? Is it the big engine or the? Or the three fifty. The three fifty in it. Okay. Yeah. 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 No. No. Have fun. Don't get any tickets. It's a stick and it's a convertible, so I mean, I'm happy. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. You could you could be driving it today. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, as soon as the rock saw gets off the roadways. There you go. It gets washed off in the April rains. I think I'm going to put it on 1st of May. There you go. Sounds perfect. Drive by. Right. Stop by with it. Thanks. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. Over to Mike on line one. Michael. Yes, good morning, John. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, uh, hypothetical for you. If you were in the market for a new vehicle and uh, the available safety features uh, driving the decision, how do you feel about a driver's blind spot mirror versus the blind spot detection? I'm not sure I know what the difference is. A blind spot mirror has the little icon that lights up in the mirror and warns you that that there's somebody in your blind spot. The other one you said, blind spot detection? Let me, let me maybe give you an example. Okay. Um, the new Honda Civic? Yep. The driver's mirror just has that little extra piece on the end. Of oh, okay, yep. The, so it just has the mirror, whereas other ones have the actual light up in the mirror itself that lets you know as the car is going by. And I was wondering, you know, if you had any opinion on those, because the, the mirror just has a, an extra piece. Yeah, it's, it's like a little, it's like a little convex yes, piece. Yes, convex, right? concave yep, one. Yeah, one of those, yeah, convex, <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah, and um, that, you know, I the blind spot monitors, the ones that light up, as good as they are, they're not perfect, and that's part of the problem. Uh, we did some testing at AAA with blind spot detection systems, and we found some work better than others. And, um, like, for instance, uh, uh, one of the Cadillacs that we tested, it actually worked a really good distance away. Another one we tested, and I want to say it was a might have been a Toyota, it actually missed a motorcycle going by, and it was only at 20 miles an hour. Really? So if you're looking for it as sort of a, a, you know, as a perfect alternative and catching everything, they don't work perfectly all the the time. I would rather just make sure the mirrors are properly adjusted. And I like the little, um, little piece on the edge of the mirror. Some people find it annoying. Uh, some people don't like seeing that kind of, you know, almost like the passenger side, you know, you know, objects in this mirror may be closer than they appear sort of thing. But yeah. I would rather have the mirrors properly adjusted and, you know, and turn my head once in a while and look and just make sure there's nobody in my blind spot. Uh, again, some some of the systems work better than others, but I've had and they, they you know, had some not work and I've had some. You know, false a lot too. You know, you're driving, you're driving by something, and all of a sudden it just picks it up as a as an object when, in fact, it's you know a telephone pole or a tree or something. And and so they're not they're not perfect. Um, the one the one I actually sort of like a little bit better is something called cross traffic alert, where if you're backing up, the radar sends a signal left and right down, you know, if you're backing out of a parking space and you're between two SUVs, it sends a signal up and down the, the lane to let you know if somebody's zipping up 
you know, on the lane where you can't see them yet. That's actually pretty pretty good system. I kind of like that one. But blind spot's good. Um, I've worked with uh, I've worked with a bunch of people who thought when it beeped, it let you know that somebody was in your blind spot. When in fact, when it beeps, what it's really telling you is don't change lanes yet. But they're just yeah. thinking it. You know, so it depends on how depends on how you use it. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know that I would let a blind spot monitor drive my car buying decision. Okay. Yeah. Um, that testing that you did uh, on AAA is it available at the website? Do you know what? Um, it's available if you if you just Google AAA blind spot testing. I don't know if it's on our website or it might be on you know AAA National or or something. But you you can find it. Okay. Great. Okay. Thanks, John. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Now. Okay. Let's go over to line two to Ben. Hello, Ben. Hi, John. Good Hi. Morning. John, I've got a people problem, not a car problem. A people problem. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay, I drive from Lawrence to Bloxford two or three times a year. And I wonder if AAA can propose or make inroads in this problem. I keep coming across people in black clothes. Now, bicyclists have a light or reflecting reflectors on their clothes, right? Yeah. But, you know, especially with a range of snows. I mean, I have nothing wrong with my eyes. They're almost 20-20. Yeah. But I wonder if they could propose something to get it on the law that... I know you can't force people to wear lighter clothes or protective, but I mean, there could be something they can do. What do you think? Well, I don't think we'll ever do that. No. But uh, but I think that common sense is if you're out walking at night uh, or in you know times of low light, it wouldn't be a bad idea to wear something with a little bit of retro reflective, you know, something that when your headlights hit it, it lights up. A lot of people who do jog will wear vests there's a guy who walks my neighborhood every morning and he has a he has like a, a bright green construction vest on right. and i noticed he started to wear it because he must almost got run over or something one morning so in other words they can't yeah. pass a law no I don't, I don't think i don't think we can ever pass a law that says you you have to you have to wear a a, a light but right. i know i know people who um uh, now, my coworker is a big traffic safety advocate, and when she's out walking her dog, she wears. Uh, she actually does have a little um, light up thing. She clips to her um, clips to her belt. So right, yeah. I'm sure it's happened to you, Johnny. You're driving along, especially when there's a lot of light. Street uh, uh, lights and store lights. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're right, they're right in front of you. Oh sure. Yep. Yep. No. Nope. Okay. So there's nothing we can do about it. I don't think so. You know, I I think uh, you know maybe we should mandate everybody has sneakers like the little kids ones right. that light up when they walk. Well, well, when you realize how many pedestrians are killed, I mean, we begin to wonder if they could do something about it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I I I, I, I agree with you. There's a there's a bunch. So. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll stick with car repairs. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye bye now. We need to take another break. We have uh, two write-in questions: one from Rick and one from Steve. That I'll need to have uh, I'll have, need to have Marita translate for me. And we also have our trivia question out there: What kind of car was the car in my mother? The car you got to be old or have like retro TV or or cozy TV or my TV. I thought somebody would get this stuff. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. WROL Boston. At Sullivan Tire and Auto Service, we've come down with a terrific case of spring fever and just can't wait to spread it around. 
announcing the Sullivan Tire March Tire Madness Sale going on all month long. If you're ready for baseball, college basketball action, or a chance to get outside for a touch of spring, then you're ready for the biggest tire sale of the season. Sullivan Tire and Auto Service is offering instant savings on select tire brands and new lower pricing on our extensive line of quality Michelin tires. Get ready for spring road trips with the Michelin Premier LTX. Remember to stop in for our thorough factory-scheduled maintenance check. Our ASC-certified technicians will check out your battery and charging system, radiator and antifreeze, inspect your tires and air pressure, brakes, all system fluids, steering and suspension, belts, hoses, exhaust system, exterior lights, wiper blades, and more. Don't miss the March Tire Madness Sale. Going on now at all Sullivan Tire and Auto Service locations. See SullivanTire.com. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it. Don't you just hate the hassle of car buying? Make it easy by finding your financing first. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. As a member of the City of Boston Credit Union for over two decades, I know that they always put their members first with some of the most competitive car rates around. You can figure out what you want to spend before you even go shopping. Come visit the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and apply today. Or call 617-635-4545. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Equal Opportunity Lender. Attention pastors, it's that time of year for our third annual Pastors Masters Golf Tournament coming on May 9th. And we want to invite you. We here at Salem Media Group Boston would like to encourage you and thank you for the hard work that you put in every day in the front line of your ministry. The Pastors Masters is an opportunity for us to get to know you and for you to unwind. Maybe do a little bragging and fellowship with other pastors and ministry leaders from across the Boston region. Even if you're not any good at golf, it's all right. Just come and enjoy a good time on the greens. Breakfast and lunch are provided, so come out and join us for the food, fun, and fellowship at the Harmon Golf and Fitness Club in Rockland, Mass. Register today by visiting wezeradio.com or wrolradio.com and click on the golf banner. What are you waiting for? Get ready to tee off. to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Let's see. Bill might have a guess on trivia. Good morning, John. Good morning, Bill. Uh, a Dodge Monaco. My mother, the car, was a Dodge Monaco? Well, <laughs> well wasn't that... You, the question was what kind of a car it was, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a Dodge Monaco. I think you're not even close. Oh, okay. All okay. right. Bye-bye. But good try, though. Okay. <laughs> Well, we still have we still have time to do trivia. So if you and and I won't even make you sing a theme song. You know, you can if you want. But so we have two questions that came in. Our our buddy Rick 
came out with his question a week uh, Thursday coming home. There was a guy tailgating him. How many accidents are caused by tailgating each year? Um, a lot. I don't know. A lot. I mean, you look at most car crashes, and we like to call them crashes, not accidents. Um, but I was uh, going to work the other morning, and there was a six-car collision on Route 95, all very minor. And probably it may have been a two-car collision, but everybody was following so closely to each other, by the time the first one stopped, things went bad after that. So uh, one, there was a uh, Mercedes that was steaming over because the grill was crashed in, and that guy was jumping up and down, didn't look particularly happy at all. There was a couple of, couple of women who uh, were just staring at their cars. And it's amazing, when all this happens, the first thing everybody does is they call somebody on their phone. It's like, who are they calling? You know, why are they calling somebody? Why don't you go talk to the person that just ran into you? That probably makes more sense to me, but, um, but a lot. So at AAA, we always try to tell people to keep a safe following distance. In a safe following distance, we measure that in seconds, and you should keep three seconds of following distance between you and the car in front of you. So when the car in front of you goes by a fixed object, it should take you about three seconds to get to that same fixed object. So, uh, The other question was from Steve. He said, I have a 96 Dodge Caravan. The rear axle broke from rusting. Is there an easy fix, or do you have to completely repair the axle, replace the axle? If it's, it, You could probably have someone weld it. But unless they were very good at it and they got it exactly perfect, you're probably better off just finding a junkyard one and replacing it rather than rather than trying to spend spend the money to to get that done. And again, if you were kind of doing it yourself, maybe you could get you could get away with it. But I don't think it would be a good idea. I would rather just try to you know, there's a million of these in junkyards. I would guess Dodge caravans and. Voyagers and town and countries and all of that, and they're they're probably all about the same. So I think if it was where the uh, where the rear suspension broke and the rear axle broke, I think I would just just try to find a new one and just replace it. I think it would just be I think it would be that much easier to do. And I, and I don't think it'd be I don't think it's a it's all nuts and bolts. It's not a it's not a terribly bad thing to replace. Let's go to Roy on line one who. May have a guess on trivia? I don't know. Roy, is that you? It's uh, a Model T? Uh, no. No, it, 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 was in the, it was in the song name, so... Uh, but no, it was not a Model T. I remember it was like a brass car. Yeah, it was a brass era car, you're right. And it was red. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know how I knew that because I had black and white TV, so I don't know. But uh, but it was red and uh, and uh, you know we had uh, we had uh, Jerry Van Dyke wasn't Jerry Van Dyke in it? I, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I bet Paul Sullivan knows who the voice was. Ah, yeah. Not a question. <laughs> yeah, don't you don't? I, oh no. Oh okay. All was right. it? Um, wait a minute. Let's go back. It was in the '60s. It was a mother, so it was female. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Bacall. Uh, uh, probably not. I don't know who it was either. <laughs> Let's try David online too. David, do you oh, know? I think I remember seeing a picture one time. It was a late twenties Porter, whatever that was. Let's 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 take a listen. Let's see. That would be that would be correct. A nineteen twenty eight Porter. Oh, okay. I didn't know the year. Exactly, yeah, but, but I you it. are correct. We'll put you on hold and we'll uh, send you something you probably don't need or want, but you're going to get it anyway. <laughs> okay. You don't know what it is yet, huh? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I don't exactly. You know. I don't. I don't know what it is, but we'll we'll get you something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know the thanks. voice now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you know? Did you did you use the magic of the interweb to look that up? Or um, no, no. I just happen to know it. You really? <laughs> no. You just happen. You, <laughs> you just, saw what I was doing. You just happen. To, you just happen to know it. And Southern. And Southern. and Southern. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, uh, Jerry Van Dyke was in it. Ann Southern was the voice, mm-hmm. and um, and Ann Southern we uh, we know from such. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do. Go ahead, keep going. We know from the Ann Southern show that yeah. was on for three seasons. Uh, she was like she a, the she, equivalent of a pinup girl, I think. And she she had her own sitcom called Private Secretary. Okay. And she was in, uh, let's see, she, uh, MGM cast her as Maze Ravier, a brash yet lovable Brooklyn showgirl. Sounds kind of so, corny if you yeah, say so, uh, Maze. Yeah, so, and, uh, and, and apparently there was, it was, uh, it was a whole series of films. Congo Maze, Gold Rush Maze, Up Goes Maze, <laughs> <laughs> and The Adventures of Maze. Amazing. It was. And in 1987, Southern appeared in her final final film, The Whales of August. Is she still, um, is she still alive? Uh, that would be... Uh, Don't know. No. Died no. in 2001 at age 92. Ooh. In, in of all places, Idaho. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, well, but, there's our um, yeah. our little primer on Anne Southern, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yeah, yeah that was that was uh, much more that people wanted to know. I'm willing to bet. So next week we'll do Mamie Vander. Yeah. So stay tuned. Yeah. So uh, it's we'll almost card at Anne Southern. Yeah, yeah. that's a it's, trivia yeah. question. Next. It's it's almost St. Patrick's Day. It is next it Thursday. Is. Next Thursday. We're wrapping so, up. So uh, so you get your uh, latest greatest uh, St. Patrick's Day ditties all planned for today. Amen, brother. Yes, yeah. I yeah. do. Yeah. Yep. Anybody coming in today? I don't don't know. know. Not that I know of, but the door is open. Yeah. Well, not technically. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as long as Marita's here. Yeah. 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 So. But um, um, no, I'm not planning anything. Yeah. There's a big concert tonight with Andy Cooney and Phil Coulter. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's come to my attention. There are still some tickets available at the door, which is kind of unusual. So uh, anybody, it's a great day. It's going to be a great evening. Get into the Berkeley Performance Center and see a great. Yep. I'm running out of adjectives. Adjectives. It's, it's great, great stuff. Yeah. It's good, it's yep. great. Yeah. And then uh, you said Matt is Matt on a remote today too. I think Matt's down at Patriot Place well, at yeah. the Irish Festival. Yeah, I think so. Today. I yeah. think so. So lots of stuff going on. I haven't seen Matt in weeks. Are, are you? You here all afternoon? I don't know. I don't know. I'm read. Am I here all afternoon? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think I'm good. Oh, okay. I just, plan. I plan. Yeah. I just yeah. just. Just wondering. So yeah. Yeah. it's my weekend. Yeah. So I so plans. you know, my only my only suggestion to Matt is yeah. if he decides to get in the elevator <laughs> without an elevator operator. Did the, you have a little uh, episode? The button, the, the button at the very bottom that says help is the one you the one you push to get back out of the elevator because Yeah. No, I when I was setting up to do the remote last week, uh yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, the thing about it is it's kind of like they say about plane crashes. If one happens, the odds of another one happening very shortly after that are very, very... Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm very, taking very the stairs low. when I leave here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking any chances. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Not, that's one of my fears, too, I guess you could say. I don't want to get... Yeah, it was it was fine, but it was like it was like no cell phone service because you're in a metal box. And, yep. uh, Were you by and, yourself? Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. And I'm thinking eight minutes till I go on. 
Oh, re- oh, oh before, yeah. I thought it was after. Oh, no, it was oh. before. It was, oh. it was while I was running around trying to find out why my stuff wouldn't work after it worked the night before. So it yeah. was a great time. It was a great time had by all. Yep. Yeah. Hey, we got to get going. The very best in Irish music with Paul Sullivan and the Irish Hit Parade is coming up next. So stay tuned for the IHP. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.